I'm Harvey Patel. Uh, I'm going to do a presentation on promises. Um, not really a very formal presentation. Might be just more of a little background on promises. And <laughs> this is more language independent because promises is a concept that goes beyond just JavaScript or um, uh, any other uh, platform specific programming. Um, so before we get into promises, let's talk about something um, that kind of caused the promises to be existed in the first place, uh, asynchronous programming. Um, well, generally, when we start learning programming in general, it's almost always sequential. Uh, but in, ever since the boom of uh, the web development and JavaScript and mobile development, asynchronous programming has been uh, getting really popular and almost today a uh, very important part of some of the really big projects. Uh, so what is the good of it? Well, doing one, doing more than one thing at a time, uh, you can dispatch some jobs on separate threads. Um, so multitasking is always nice. Uh, it's also highly used in uh, client-side programming such as JavaScript or mobile development. And part of that being for uh, mobile development, for example, since I'm a mobile developer, I can think of one from the top of my head. But uh, when you are downloading profile picture uh, and you are trying to set that profile picture uh, in the right corner somewhere in a little um, button or profile icon, you don't want to block the user interface at the time. So you don't want it to get in a position where the user is scrolling and you suddenly start an operation to download an image on the internet. And that operation, because of the network delays or whatever reason, is causing uh, the it's, it's a longer operation thing, not an instantaneous thing. So you don't want to be blocking the main thread in that time. You want that job to download the image in the background thread. And the, you always want to leave the main thread for the UI purposes so the user never feels the app is lagging or um, the app suddenly just grows because you made a network call on that thread. You always want to make those network calls in the background thread. So that's why asynchronous programming in JavaScript is the same thing. It's been getting really popular. Um, and as I said, non-blocking tasking before part the background on a separate thread. What is the bad though? Well, asynchronous programming code can be messy. Because it's so messy, it's so hard to read, and also can be prone to errors because it's very easy to make some of those mistakes. Uh, and we'll see that in a second. So this here is uh, So here the code snippet is pretty simple. That, and this is a pseudocode. This isn't tied to any programming language. Don't call me out on any syntax stuff. But what if this is when the get image is not synchronous oh, asynchronous code. So then you would just say get image. And that is the point where your code is going to block the main thread. And that's what you want to avoid. Uh, let's say if get image was asynchronous code, even then this would not work because you would have to write the code in a completely different way at that point. Because get image here is asynchronous, so it's been executing on a separate thread. So this code, this line of code doesn't make any sense because the main thread is going to 
start here. It's going to dispatch this job on another thread, and it's trying to execute this line of code right away. But at this point, images probably know, depending on what programming language you're using. So this line of code doesn't even make sense at that point. So how do you really do it? Well, I'm going to show you Java syntax, which up until Java 8 did not support Lambda expression. So you're going, you will see what it means when I say like the code can be super messy. So, uh, yeah. the size a little, but can have request dispatcher or network or HTTP client, whatever you want to call it, execute the request, image request, and then on success and on failure. So then on your success, you can set the image if you wanted to, because you will get the network response, convert that to some sort of image uh, from the data, and then you will set the image there. Well, that's cool, but it can get a lot more complex. Downloading an image is just one function, but we there's a lot more, uh, more complex tasks you're doing, more complex HTTP tasks. So first of all, we could just get a JSON API call that only returns the user section because you don't you don't even know where to look for this person's profile picture. So you're gonna have to get some sort of like user session or user info kind of call. After that, you're gonna get the JSON, you're gonna have to parse the JSON and then find image URL. Once you find that URL, download that URL or image at that URL and then convert that. Uh, response to image and then set the image. And on top of that, you may have to handle errors on any of those calls and any of those operations. So how do you do that? And I'm not probably that sure, but if you did not use promises, then your code could look very similar to <coughs> this. Because you're trying to do things in sequence and you're trying to, for every, Every response on a success, you're trying to write a code, and then on failure, you're trying to write the code. And sometimes you might even see that there's a lot of reputation and duplication, but you can't avoid it. With Lambda expression, though, things can be better, but not good enough. So instead of having to type, having to write two different functions on success and on failure, you can just have response and error as part of your uh, closure, or lambda expression or closure, however you want to use the terms, JavaScript or C sharp, or depending on the programming language you're using, or delegates. But it can make things a little easier, but this still is very error prone, and we don't want that. So here comes the promises. And maybe, well, so promises to the rescue, yes. Uh, promises and object, they may produce a single value sometime in the future. So when you say get image, and if you want to write it in a way of promises, then it, the function will promise an image. It's not saying that it's definitely going to return an image. It's saying it will promise. It, it is promising that it will return an image. What does that mean? So when the promise is fulfilled, you're actually getting an image. When the promise is rejected, in the process of trying to download an image from network call or some other fashion, maybe from the database, it ran into an error, and that's why it's rejecting the promise. So two things can happen to promises being able, the function was able to fulfill it, or it rejected it. And this allowed, this is powerful, because this allows us 
to write asynchronous code in a sequential fashion that our mind is, because we are very used to thinking in a sequential fashion, even the first time we ever learned programming was in sequence. This allows us to write um, things in a very sequential fashion. So we'll see how that is. So considering that all those functions are returning promise, this is what it will look like. Return firstly, uh, execute the request, convert to JSON, parse image URL, download image, set image, if you ran into any errors. And there is also another concept called ensure. It's kind of like finally in try catch, it will definitely uh, be executed no matter what, if it ran into error or not. And stop spinner is something when you see in the mobile, pretty sure everybody has a smartphone, when you go and try to pull down to refresh, there is a little spinner that tells you that yes, this is uh, executing something in the background, you kind of need to stop it at some point. It doesn't matter if the request was successful or not. So you can use those kind of uh, code execution in the ensure cache. That doesn't matter. You need to execute it anyways. So that's great. So we can write code like this. This is very easy to read, not error prone. And even if somebody who does not understand promises can come and look at this code and realize, well, what it is doing. So well, then the question is, how do you write a promise code? Well, it's actually pretty easy. Uh, what we did in the previous uh, asynchronous programming code, when you looked at it, we kind of like threw everything together in one function. Here, you're kind of separating it out and breaking down into smaller functions. And you're saying that when I'm trying to parse image URL, you're getting some form of JSON there you're going to parse, and then you say, if you are able to find the key value pair or whatever that is, then on success, you say like, well, I was able to find the image URL that I wanted. So I'm gonna seal and say that was fulfilled with this URL image that you found in the JSON. If you were not able to find it, then you just return that. If you reject the promise with whatever error you wanted to send. So it could be error.invalidJSON. That is for the parsing one if it was the uh, function that actually made the HTTP call, then you can reject that with, let's say if there is no internet, uh, the device isn't connected to internet, then you can reject that with network error dot no internet or something. So these errors are just made up by uh, you, depending on what programming language you use. This is pseudocode, this is language independent. But, so these are the ways you can write a promise. So you, would end up doing that for each of the smaller functions, like convert to JSON would be your promise function, parse image URL would be your promise function, download image would be your promise function, and so on. So back to promises here. So what are some of the usage patterns? Well, then uh, and catch does make sense because every time you say when you write a function, you would say something like download image dot then. So you want, in that then block, you want to write stuff that is already considering that the download image network call was successful, then what do you want to do? And then catch would be that, well, download image call ran into error. So in that, what do you want to do? Uh, so then and catch is obviously the foundation of promises, but then ensure is another one where you can write, in that block, you can write um, 
the code that doesn't matter if it was successful or not, you wanted to execute it anyways. There are some other times too where like two requests aren't necessarily related, but you want both of them to be finished before you can start something else. So it's not that promise one has to be executed before promise two. You just want to write a code when both promises are done before you can do something. Um, so in that case, and one example is that uh, we are uh, developing class schedule functionality on our mobile app. Now, what we want to do as part of that is we uh, want to show the students class schedule, but at the same time, look at their building code. So for example, for Avery, it is AV pitch. So we want to download the coordinates for that building and then provide the directions functionality. But that requires two separate calls. One to the building network call that downloads the building data, and the other one is the class schedule, and then tie the data together in some form of logic layer where we say, well, parse the building, uh, parse the course schedule, JSON, and found out that, oh, well, this course is in the Avery Hall, map that code from the building's data, and then get the coordinates, and then provide those coordinates in the UI layer so that students can just tap on directions. So that is one example where you would be using when as a function where you're waiting on two different promises to be finished. Well, not just two, it's an array, so two, three, four, doesn't matter. Um, another one is after n seconds. This is more on the animation side of the things if you're doing the client stuff, but uh, you could do something where after, and this is more, there is another concept besides promises, guarantee. Guarantee is something that's always guaranteed to be success, successful. Promises have two states, fulfilled, rejected. Guarantee is always going to be successful because after n seconds, for example, after three seconds, perform some sort of animation. Well, that's always going to be successful because three, three seconds are in a fail. So, uh, well, I think that's all I have in terms of promises. This is just a very brief overview of what promises are. Uh, the, uh, I don't think they're tied down to like almost any programming language that needed some form of asynchronous programming. Somebody has always created promises library for them. So Java, Swift, JavaScript, C Sharp, every language has it. Uh, some of the terminology might be different because in Java there is something called futures instead of promises, which is a very simple, con very similar concept, but some minor differences. Um, and there is another new concept coming up that's built on top of promises called async await. I'm sure you guys have heard of that maybe, uh, but some of the programming language like C Sharp are pretty much skipping the entire promises and jumping into async and uh, await concept. So well, that's pretty much it. If you guys have any questions, the after, uh, is that something that would be like in the chain somewhere or is that like a completely separate concept? Oh, it could be in the chain. So for any of these things, you can chain them. So, so like, if you wanted to, if you yeah, if you have the two promises, like you want to go get Avery and you want to get the class schedule. Yeah. And if it takes a certain amount of time, show something after. But if it finishes before that, don't do the after. Is yeah, like a conditional after or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do that. You can mix any of these concepts within each other because if you, at the end of the day, what you're doing is really building a chain. So you can say that wait on promise one to be finished and then, then block, you can say to do some action that you wanted to perform 
then after three seconds, so you can create another chain or another element in the chain and then perform some other requests, then do this cache. So you can just keep building the chain as long as you want. So in the chain before that I showed in the pseudocode, we are only using three concepts here, then cache and ensure. But if you wanted to go after somebody in the middle, you could do that. I don't know, I've never run into a case where I would need to, but because generally, if I'm waiting on something, then it's almost always a network call. And whatever, whenever the network call comes back with response or um, failure, I can write that code and then or cache. And the other benefit of this way is that, uh, for example, any of there are multiple calls in this code block where there are a couple of network calls. Now, both of them could throw no internet error. The first one could have thrown. But let's say the first one succeeded, and then the user's internet got disconnected. So second one could return internet, not connected to internet. But here in the cache block, you are basically caching errors from any of these uh, promises. So that also reduces your error handling code, because you don't have to handle error for each of your promises. You can just chain all of them, and then handle, like have a gigantic catch all code. So, but I'm sorry, does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. So, like, your after would not necessarily be in here, it would be in whatever, like, called this would have an after just in case yeah. it didn't yeah. come back. Honestly, after to me seems like a very syntactic sugar code for, like, you don't have to deal with timers and stuff like that. Because in JavaScript or Java or Swift, like, it would have to do, because it's kind of like a big event loop that is kind of like doing round robin functions. But you don't have to deal with like the lower level code of the timer or the event loop. You just basically say after three seconds and then dot this. Like it's so much easier to say that instead of like, well, create a variable for timer and then tell the timer that you want to set three seconds of interval and things like that. You can skip all of that and just do this. So to me, it's more of like an easier way to write it rather than. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You can, you can just write it with you. Does anyone use those promises? It's, it's been a concept that's been around for a long time, so it's nothing new. It's just... I promise to start. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to reject it in the future? 